When I look in the mirror periodically, I hear, I see derision and I, I see self-loathing and all those things that just suppress you to such a massive extent that the idea of lifting my head out, seeing other opportunities and being brave enough to go, actually, this is bullshit. I just don't believe any of this. Hello, namaste, and welcome to the Chris Abbey Podcast Show. I'm your host, Chris Abbey, corporate dropout, yoga entrepreneur, and father of three. My reason for doing this show is to connect with and learn from shining characters in our community who've forged a way to take their passion and make it happen. You may recognize some of them from their businesses in the area. You may even recognize some of them from practicing yoga inside our studio. The yogis call it dharma. Most of us call it destiny. But whatever you call it, it takes inner strength to be true to who and what you really are. If you didn't know what it was you wanted to be doing, at that stage, was your had your purpose purpose as I call it had it revealed itself we, we haven't asked you what that is yet but had it revealed itself to you no no you're shaking no. your head so at that stage you're it sounds like you had a that the intellectual capacity to apply yourself to a short-term goal which might have been something like I want this job in this particular time frame this week this month whatever it is I'm going to study what they need, what they want, and what they think they're looking for. And I will be that person for the interview. And I will dedicate all of my intellectual resource to that. I'll show up, I'll look right, I'll say the right thing, and I will convince that person that I am this, even though the truth is I am something I'm not even sure of right now. And then listen to you think, oh, great, he's, he's the right guy. We'll hire him. You've got the job. Success. Boom. Awesome. You have that burst of euphoria you've been picked you've been selected you are wanted come to our place do the job you turn up on day one not the first time you've done a day one and you get into the role and you're being the person you study to be then you can probably be that for, i'm guessing in the morning <laughs> up to lunchtime even the evening first week month whatever it is sooner or later there's this subtle difference isn't there maybe i'm guessing i don't want to put words in your mouth you're still trying to be the person you said you were but actually there's a true person inside you it's almost like sliding doors isn't it they're, they're separating right in front of you and you're staying on one path maybe because it's paid <laughs> and you're ignoring another path maybe because that's only the intrinsic voice that's only the spiritual voice an intrinsic voice and a spiritual voice isn't going to pay the rent. It's not going to stop those personalized letters from your bank manager turning up, which, okay, that's back in your post-student days when you're working in bars and trying to get a job as a, an actor. But it is going to always be there if it is truly you. And I'm guessing, Wyndham, and I'm maybe accelerating through your story a little bit faster than we should do, but I'm guessing at some stage, although you were able to apply yourself and get these jobs and bounce around, within industries, within sales. This voice deeper inside you was pulling you, and I'm also guessing you, because like so many of us, it's very hard to let go of the money. The money pays it, and I know you're, you're not necessarily a money-driven person, but it pays your mortgage, it pays your bills, it, it sends out a message to everybody else that you are somehow, you know, you, you've, you've reached a certain status in life. 
but there's still that nagging little voice saying, this is not my purpose. What I'm interested in is, in your journey, what happened in, there's a combination of factors, right? Real life, the whole of the world, the universe, the global economy is still going on, your desires, your hopes, and also what's going on with the money God and all this stuff's going on. It's all current affairs in your life. Where was the turning point? Where did you let go? Where, where did you feel yourself being tugged off the money God path and onto your purpose? When did you discover your purpose? So 2016 is a really key year for me. Um, I'd managed to get out of frontline selling and I was in the support, sales support. So I was a strategic bid manager and, you know, helping teams build their sales strategies for particular opportunities and things like that. And, it, you know, it was something I could do really well. It was something I didn't have to put too much effort into because I had 20 years experience. Anyway, 2016 comes around and there's an awful lot going on in the world in 2016. Um, so we had the Brexit vote, Trump got elected, all these kind of massive things that happened. And without getting political, they didn't chime with my beliefs. Um, but more importantly, in, in 2016, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm so she's absolutely fine now. So we're touch wood. Um, we, she was really I have lucky. a wooden desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were really lucky. She found it very early acted very quickly the cancer itself was a slow growing type of cancer um but suddenly there's this there's this key moment where everything of any importance really to me is potentially at risk um and i sort of i sort of look at it as this sort of three wheels on our wagon um there's our really close interpersonal relationship so in my case with my wife there's our social life and there's our work life and for me the wheel of the work had, had always been wonky but that's okay because I've got two other really strong wheels that are, are helping me propel forward and this diagnosis fundamentally threatened the most important wheel um, and it was a really it was just a really difficult period anybody who's been through it knows how hard it is um, Louisa is a superwoman she without loading too much pressure on her um just her attitude to stuff is remarkable um and she was i remember when she was diagnosed we came we came out of the the consultant's room got in the car in silence kind of drove a mile home two miles home and halfway home i turned to her and i said is it too early to make a joke and she looked at me and she went no go on i said i've got to go and run a bloody marathon now um, to raise some money because she's got cancer and all these kind of things. Um, but it was a really big moment because it suddenly everything is, nothing matters apart from we have to get through this. And this stuff that I've been doing for 20 years really doesn't matter. It's not just that I don't think it matters. It fundamentally doesn't matter. I could walk away from it now. And if, as long as you're okay, we will be okay. Um, and so it was, it was a real, it actually was the start of changing everything. So the realisation that I couldn't carry on doing, pretending I was something I wasn't, was really important. 
but it also helped me beat my running demon. And I did the well ran dry. Um, and I remember being called into my, my boss's office at the time. And I knew my performance had dropped. I knew I wasn't delivering anywhere near what I should be. And because of my previous patterns of work, I assumed he was either going to fire me or I was going to have to leave, get a new job, put the effort into building my reputation again and all those things. And he actually sat me down and he mimed taking a hat off. And he said, I just want you to know that for the next 30 seconds, I'm not your boss, I'm your friend. He mimed taking this hat off. And he just said one thing to me. He said, there are other things you can do. And then he mimed putting a hat back on. And he said, okay, I'm your boss again now. And instead of reading me the riot act, he just said, what can I do to help? And it was such a genuinely neat. I mean, that was, nobody wants to cry at work, right? <laughs> but especially in a glass office. But it, I came so close because it was, he wanted to help me rather than kind of punish me for the, my, my performance had slipped. It was still, it was still good enough, but it was, he just wanted to help me. And it was just a kind of moment where you, you feel that actually this might be okay. I might be able to see this through. I might be able to direct my way through this. Um, yeah, it was. And so that, that was a really, really tough period. So that was 2018. And that's when I started yoga. Um, Louisa had been trying to get me into it for years. And I go, no, no, I don't want to. I know what yoga is. It's thin, beautiful ex-dancers putting their bodies in positions that I don't even think are attainable by anybody. Um, but I came to your class and it was, it was a, a, real, a real moment for me. It was, there was still that slight competitiveness that I was looking around seeing the shapes other people were making and I'd never been in these positions so it was like I don't, I don't know whether this is good or not and but what really kind of resonated was the 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 intermingling of the spiritual with the physical you're not full-on woo-woo here we come um it, it's really subtle and it it was exactly what I needed at the time so that that kind of started the I need to sit. I need to, I need to figure stuff out. And I sort of have this, um, I don't know whether it's a theoretical metaphor or a metaphorical theory. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I've, I've kind of got to a point where I think that at a, at our very core at our heart space, it's almost like we have a, a singing bowl and it's our soul bowl. And I, I hate the way those two words rhyme, but it's kind of what I mean by it. And that, that singing bowl is tuned to and by our core beliefs and our core values. And when we're young and we're a kid, we just play with abandon. We don't have any of these compromises in our lives. We're just this joyous being that our, our soul bowl can sing at the pitch it's supposed to. But every time we act or speak in a way that compromises those core beliefs and core values, it's almost like a tiny little pebble drops into this bowl. And the impact of each pebble is so small, we don't hear the change in the tune. But over time, all of the compromises we make in our lives, more and more pebbles drop into our, our bowl. And at some point, we can feel something is wrong, but we maybe can't hear it. But as that continues, you get to a point where suddenly your, your 
soul bowl is so full of compromise that it's actually like hit, hitting a tin can and you're not, you're not getting the song that it should be singing. And that for me happened in my 40s and it was like, no, need to, I need to make a change because I, I can't. I've, I've compromised all of these things to such an extent. I didn't even know what my values were or my core beliefs were. You know, we don't, we don't spend any time as we're growing up bothering learning. bothering is the wrong word but learning what those things are we we adopt what other people think is the right path and yeah from my parents that, that was driven by fear by their experience of low-paid jobs they were both teachers but the pay was atrocious so they suffered through um scarcity of resource and and all those things so they wanted us not to have that problem so strong degree good job well paid comfort brilliant but it was never that was never my what I really needed so from 2018 with the yoga it was really a case of sitting with myself and figuring out who am I what do I really want how do I go about doing it is that when you discovered your purpose it's it the the true discovery of the purpose has been recently has been in the last year um but it was it was the path to it it was the start of the path to it um and and the whole idea of you you say in some of your classes where you say um be at ease with your dis-ease and it's it's such an important for me it's been such an important part of getting to where I am now. It's not running away from it. It's recognizing it for what it is, not judging it, um, learning from it and then letting it go. Um, and that's, it sounds, it doesn't sound easy, but it, it, it is a really challenging process to go through. Um, and for me, it had me questioning absolutely everything in my life, which was frightening because it was, I was even questioning things like, well, do I believe in marriage? It's not, a, it's not a case that I was questioning my relationship with my wife, but it was like how we define it, do I believe in that? It's, so it was, it was quite scary. But came out the other side and realised there was a, a big change in direction required. So I, I'm, I'm keen to hear now the discovery of your purpose. Mm. Yes. Um, I tried a few on. I think it's, it's fair to say. <laughs> What's that stuff that you thought you should have a purpose with it? Yeah. Because of your values given to you as a child by well-meaning parents. Yeah, p- partly that. And also partly the, more recently, the whole kind of, I, I don't think you have, well, I certainly didn't. I didn't have a moment where I suddenly went, Ta-da! just tripped across my purpose. Well, that was fortunate. Put that on. My life is now a wonderful, positive journey. Um, that would be easy, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's iterative. And I think mm. we try mm. things on and, you know, I tried, a, you know, I tried a couple on and it, it was like, no, they're all right, but it's, it doesn't quite fit. And I think the, the key thing is that I've learned that if, if it doesn't quite fit, it's not right. It isn't right. Your your real purpose is going to fit you like a glove, and it is. It's going to suddenly make you feel light. 
And I think where, where I've got to, and it's all informed by the experiences I've had up to now. Um, so my, I believe my purpose is to help people better recognise and fully embrace the moments of temporary potential happiness that are around us at all times. Now that in itself is fine, but you need a mechanism through which to deliver that. And I, I kind of, I've been thinking a lot about this and, and that whole idea of, um, certainly without meaning to put words in your mouth, I, I would be very surprised if teaching yoga was your purpose. It can be your passion, undeniably, but it, it, the, these, it, for me, it feels like yoga is one mechanism I can use moving forward to help realize my purpose. So teaching people how to sit with themselves, to remove the barriers that we all have built or been given to embracing happiness is something I can, I can do. So yoga is the mechanism helping people be happier is the purpose. Um, and that's where we get to need packs as well. Anybody listening won't know what Neath Pax is. Um, so rather than just bouncing over that one, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my- I'm going to ask you a quick question to direct us into that. And that is the point when you, you were in a profession, we, we, we were kind of up with you up until sales and recruitment bouncing around eight years. Not too short you went to where you were in 2016. Maybe I wasn't listening clearly enough. Then you went through the two years and you had that moment in the glass office with the boss who took off his hat, mind taking off his hat so he could just quietly say to you, there are other things you can do and put it back on again. What were you doing? What was your job role then? And what is it now? And what happened in between? So <clears throat> having done the, the direct selling, the um, field sales roles, I moved into sales support. So oh, you did say that, of course, a bid manager. Yes. Yeah. And then... So in 2018, I was sort of strategic sales support for the consulting side of the business I worked for. So I was helping all of our, uh, all of their now sales teams um, and sales individuals build the stories to persuade clients that we were the right mix for them. Um, and I think some of that actually has helped with getting to my purpose and because from a sales perspective, it's all about, well, so what? So what? So what? Get me to the value. Get me to the benefit. What, what do I gain by this? And that kind of need to move, to not stop at the first seeming revelation, I think is really important, which is why I think people get really, they struggle with passion and purpose because you can be passionate about something that is not your purpose and vice versa, I guess. No, maybe not vice versa, but um, but yeah. So I was I was working in sales support, and because of the work I've been doing through the yoga, um, I was more open to a different path, and I was more open to working in a field that allowed me to draw on my my skills. Um, I had spent the the most enjoyable parts of my job up to that point had been when I was training, 
either people in my team or the rest of the business or whatever. Um, and I was, I enjoyed bringing people along and helping them develop. So in what, two years ago, 2019, my, my older brother um, signed up for a mediation course uh, and it was in London and he stayed with us for the week of that course. And he was just talking to me about what mediation is. Um, and mediation, for those people who don't know, is alternative dispute resolution. So instead of having to resort to the courts, which are timely, time-consuming, hugely expensive, um, and you have no say in the outcome, they take all of those things, throw them away and say, well, actually, you design your own outcome. You have a mediator to help you sort of explore what you really need. And then the people involved in the dispute find a solution they can both live with. Um, and it is massively powerful. It is, uh, when Kevin was talking about it, I was just like, well, this, this feels like a lot of me. This is, I don't, I want to dispense with judgment. I'm not interested in it. It doesn't get us anywhere. Um, when we have people impose their views and solutions on us, we struggle. This is about people finding their own paths forward so they can leave whatever trauma it is in the past. Um, so he did his course. I did my course two months later. And he and I were talking at that point this is our mid to long-term plan. Um, we want to start doing a bit more of this. We'll do a slow move into it because I quite enjoyed the company I was working for. I was earning good money. Um, and then we get to April last year. So that's after lockdown. Just after lockdown, yeah. So April last year was the beginning of the furlough scheme. <clears throat> and... I was furloughed immediately and I kind of sat there and I, I suddenly had, I had this time and I think it was incredible. Was the same boss who told you that there are other things you can do? Well, he, 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 my boss had changed, but it was with the same company. Same company. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was at home and I didn't, didn't have any work to do and I was still being paid the percentage of my income. Um, there was lots of online yoga. So I was, I had my daily practice. I was, I was, I was freed up enough to start really thinking about what the future would be. Um, and I spent the first couple of weeks getting my head around what happens if they make me redundant. And then I had that moment where I went, well, what happens if they don't make me redundant and I have to go back and I have to go back to that job. And I realized it was a, it would be a criminal waste of opportunity time and all that kind of stuff if I, if I didn't make the move now. So Kenwin and I had a conversation and we... Kenwin's your brother. Kenwin's my older brother. Who's the consultant anaesthetist? Correct, yeah. Who did the mediation um, course. Yes. Uh, and we'd always said we would work together and it, it snowballed really quickly that, well, now's the opportunity. I don't have anything to do during the day so I can do the legwork. And we decided we would start our, our own company. And it, the, the basic principles are we provide mediation uh, for civil and commercial, so business disputes, workplace disputes. Because of Kenwin's background, we provide medical industry dis 
dispute resolution. But we also provide learning reviews. So the idea that people involved in a positive outcome or a negative outcome are the best people to figure out how to do it better next time. But there needs to be some guidance. There needs to be some kind of facilitation. So we provide that. Um, but we also, being able to resolve the dispute is one thing. How about we try to avoid the dispute in the first place? If, if, if my purpose is um, I want to help people remove the barriers so they can embrace happiness, Neathpax provides us with that. My brother, he just wants people to be nicer to each other. <laughs> it's really, really simple. At an elevated level, it's really simple, but you need to find effective mechanisms to do that. So we also provide, essentially, it's communication training. It's how can we work together in a way that is respectful, um, is fulfilling, rewarding, effective. And we have, we've, we've sort of founded the business on compassion, curiosity, and connection. And our overriding message or belief is people are doing the best they can. What people say and, and what they do makes sense to them. How we interpret it makes sense to us. And recognising there is a gap is, is the first step to realising, well, if it makes sense to them, why? What do I need to know that then puts that in a frame of reference that I don't judge? So we, we, we counsel dispensing with judgment, really embracing compassion, Compassion typically leads to curiosity because you want to fill the gap in your knowledge. And by understanding, we get to connection. And it, it's a real, for me, it is absolutely resonant with my soul bowl, which, is, again, I hate right. the term. I need to find a better one for that. It's <laughs> something that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. But it, it's just how I, I feel we should be. And, and yoga, I think, has, has been the, the window to the door to that has opened me up to the you know the use of words like love in a non-limited way that we don't just love our immediate family and friends but it's just this abundant thing that actually if we all just embraced it a tiny bit more the world would materially be a better place so it's 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 a really exciting really exciting period so we we launched the business in november in the middle of the pandemic in November, so we're we're now in. So that was two months ago. Yeah, not even, not even, not even, not quite. No, on the tenth, so, it'll be two months. So you you you've gone through this whole cycle of idyllic childhood in Cornwall, strong A levels, tried one degree, moved to a passion degree, switched cities, um, went through the pain of earning any money doing what you loved jumped into the pain of earning lots of money doing what you didn't love, come full circle, had a, a bump in your road, and I'll call it a bump, with your wife's cancer, which, thank heavens, was treatable. You got it early enough. And then addressed your own awareness that what you were doing wasn't making you happy, but you were almost pushed into doing that by being... You know, COVID came along and changed the world and put your company in a position where you put 
got put onto furlough. And for a lot of people, that would spell fear. But you you actually recognize that underneath the fear was a genuine fear that you might have to go back after being furloughed. And in that moment, you track back the rest of your life and found what it is that you're meant to do. Connected with your brother, who you'd always wanted to work with, and launched this business in the middle of a pandemic, but with clear objectives and views, right? So you know what your purpose is. So I'm going to ask you to repeat, because you said it before, what is your purpose and how does that support what you're doing? So my, I believe my purpose is to help people better recognise and fully embrace the moments of fleeting potential happiness in their lives. And I think it's, it is impo- each of those words is important because nothing lasts forever. And we, where we, when we are kind of eyes down, focused all our energy on doing things we don't love, and, but we have to commit all our energy because we have to get through it. We, we don't lift our heads up to see the opportunity. And, and that's super, I find yoga really frustrating. I love it. But it's so frustrating when you hear people say things like, you are your best teacher. So what does that mean? It just means just for the record, I don't think I've ever said that in my life. No. As, a, <laughs> yeah. as a humble yoga teacher, I've never said that to anybody. You are your own I've, best teacher. I've, <laughs> I've heard it from other teachers, to be fair. But it's, it is just that case of listen to yourself because we know. Our bodies keep keep a, kind of say a, lot. a tally. <laughs> you know, our bodies keep a tally. And if we can just listen, be compassionate, mm. be curious, get connected. But so, so my purpose is to help people embrace moments of happiness. But I cannot make people happy. Happiness or fleeting happiness? Because you said that you used so, the word fleeting yeah, before. Fleeting. And that really, that really, yeah. that, that got a hold of my heartstrings because Moments of happiness are fleeting. You can't tell yeah. when they're coming. They they pass by you like shooting stars in the night. They are fleeting and they are genuine. And you know you can see, just like a shooting star, if you look up, you can see it. You can feel happiness, that fleeting moment of happiness. But the question has to be, how do you capture a shooting star? 100% I agree with that. Um, I think the – I think I'm at a point where I think, well, you – you don't capture a shooting star. You observe it and you love it for what it is and you recognise that it is, it is super fast and it's gone in a microsecond. And you are grateful for that moment and then you look for the next. And then you, you, the, the, what, I think one of the, the challenges we have is that when we're really laden down with doing things we don't love, um, we hold on to moments that have passed because it was like oh, it was so hard to come by and it came out of nowhere. I'm just I'm constantly living slightly in the past because that was a great moment, as opposed to being able to say that was a great moment. I loved it. It gave me this huge joy. It's moved on. I'm now at a kind of equilibrium, hopefully. Where's the next? My, my, I'm open to the next moment. Um, and the way Neath Packs helps me achieve my, my purpose is I, I cannot tell somebody what is going to make them happy. 
I cannot manufacture instances where that might happen. But what I can do is I can help them remove work barriers that keep their heads down, that keep them focusing on the, the microscopic in front of them as opposed to not feeling that Sunday night feeling, kind of going, actually, you know what, we can help the work environment so that people are more positive going in and actually the, the weight that lifts off people's shoulders or certainly that, that it lifted off mine mm-hmm. is so profound that I'm suddenly now recognizing I'll go upstairs and we have a cat and I'll go upstairs and I'll just be going about picking something up from the bedroom and I'll hear her tiny little squeaks and little purrs and moans as she's under the bed and there was a point where she just stuck her two back legs out from under the bed. And all I could see was her two back legs. And she was making these wonderful noises. And it was just a little moment, like you were saying, you can feel it. You can feel it. And it was just this tiny four-second moment of genuine joy that nothing else really mattered in that moment. And then she got up and left. Um, like cats but, do. <laughs> like cats do. But it, 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 I think it's just, for me anyway, it's kind of like, demonstrative of I don't have to hark back to that although I just have because I know there's more coming and I know that mm. Neath Pax is going to be massively challenging it's going to be really difficult we're Cameron and I both believe that the the most effective way to deliver the services that we offer is face-to-face we can do it via Zoom and we're we're working through that but face-to-face connection is the best way and we can't mm. do that at the moment so there are undeniably challenges that we're going to face but this is a duality of, of moments. It's, it's, I'm taking something positive because this is actively helping me achieve my purpose. And I need to recognize there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some challenge. There's going to be some anxiety associated with it. But fundamentally, that all feeds into me being a, a stronger, better, more balanced, happier person. I hope. <laughs> well, Wyndham, I sincerely... I hope and wish that that is the case for you, because I, I have to say, as a, as a humble individual, I really admire, and having seen tiny flecks of your journey as it went along, little conversations in the reception every now and again, I really admire the way that you propelled yourself forward. And it was clear, you know, from a long time ago that you that you knew where you were going, you knew your purpose, you knew you were letting go of an old life, even though at the time it felt a little bit like you were letting go of it slightly cautiously. Um, you knew it, and it, you you never looked scared, you never looked concerned, you looked cautious but not scared, and there was something inspiring about your path because you never faltered from it and it's nice to see that you're now two months up onto the the platform it's a, you've you, you've you've clawed your way up there or you've pulled your way up there or you've boosted your way up there and you're now on a platform not just supporting your own purpose but you're there to support other people's purposes too thank you um, and I, th- I think the the really interesting thing for me is that I never wanted to run my own business I've never had that ambition I've never wanted to you know, technically I'm a director. I never had that ambition. I've got friends who wanted to climb the career ladder and this was their goal. I've never, ever had that as an ambition, but it is the right mechanism for me and therefore it's the right move. 
It fits. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it fits. Wyndham, before I wrap up, I've, I've got to ask, just in case anybody is is wondering how to get in touch with you, how to reach out to you, how to engage with you, what, what's the best way for people to subtly find out about you if they want to do that quietly on the internet somewhere or even get in touch with you and have a conversation or an email conversation? What's the best way? Best way is probably through Neath Packs. Um, so our, we've got contact details on our website. So Neath Packs is N-E-I-T-H-P-A-X.com. Um, and please do. I mean, if if I can help you professionally through Neath Packs, please get in touch. Fantastic. Neathpacks.com. Wyndham James, at Wyndham James on, uh, on Instagram. Correct. And probably to be seen in yoga studios around the area, uh, including our own yoga studio. Awesome. Have a great time, a great day. I hope you feel good during this lockdown. It's not the nicest thing. It's currently raining outside my loft. Um, and I'm looking forward to opening up the studio and welcoming you back in to see you again. We have our conversations in reception. Thank you so much, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait to Pleasure. practice again. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Take you. care, Chris. Bye-bye.